Has God been good to you? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Give this team a hand. I appreciate them very much. I'll tell you why it's so important to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. A bunch of reasons. But for a while, I was praying and believing God. I love the saxophone. It's one of my favorite instruments. I don't play it too well, amen? But thank God it has people to do. And so, a few years ago, Scott, I don't even know how many, how many years have been with me now? Three years, is it? Three, four, something? Whatever you want it to be, amen. Did I hear five, six? I was praying for a while. I said, Lord, send me somebody that plays the saxophone. And I started getting irritated because it wasn't getting answered. You ever been there? I said, God, I know how to get my answers. I believe I received the moment I prayed. I just don't see it yet. And unless you're going to hit me with some divine wisdom overnight and some fresh wind in these lungs, amen? I said, I'm believing. Where's my saxophone player? One night before a meeting, Scott, am I telling the truth? Before a meeting, I go to get up on the piano, and Brother Scott's sitting there with his family, wonderful wife, Ashley, and their kids. And I hollered down, didn't I? Down from the platform. I said, hey. His eyes looked up. I said, you play a saxophone? Because I felt God say to me in my spirit, your saxophone player is sitting in front of you. I thought, God, there's nothing but purple chairs there. And that guy... <laughs> And I don't know anything about that guy. Amen. <laughs> Didn't I? And I said, hey, you play saxophone. Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and people who are good, that's how they are. It's the people that think they could play. Come on. <laughs> Grant, can I get an amen? Right. The Lord called me to sing in ministry. Maybe with the microphone muted. Amen. <laughs> Come on. Am I telling the truth? You ever been a worship team trial? Amen. By, watch this. By the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I took a step of faith and called out to a man. And then if he's going to say no, I'll say, oh, not you, the guy behind you. Amen. No. Jesus. <laughs> I said, so anyhow, Scott has taught music for 20 years, something like that, since he came out of the womb. Amen. <laughs> Plays all kinds of instruments, world class. And in fact, they were out with Brother Parsley before they come over this way, but I'm glad the Lord sent them over to northeastern Pennsylvania. Amen. Give them a big hand. So he lives a little ways away, and I tell Scott, Scott, you still get to thrive every once in a while. Amen. So we appreciate him and Ashley for allowing them to be here. Amen. Because they say behind every good man is a good woman. But I believe behind every good man is a woman saying yes. Glenn, don't shake your head. We know who wears the pants. Amen. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Oh, amen, Bernice. Oh. Uh, this church is so humbling to pastor. Huh? Since about Christmas time, I've been preaching on the book of Proverbs. Because the book of Proverbs really, and I'm going to show you this in a few minutes. I told Rick on the way up here, he's driving. I said, you know, Rick, I said, I didn't even think. Sometimes I just get going preaching on things, not realizing not everybody has been in the faith a while. A lot of people are newer in the faith, things of that nature. Proverbs is what they call, uh, uh, there's 66 books in the Bible. Proverbs is considered a wisdom book. Predominantly written by Solomon. Uh, Solomon wrote three books. The Song of Solomon, which definitely he wrote when he was young and passionate, amen? And all the married people said. And if you're not married, stay away from that one, amen? 
And then he wrote Proverbs, which uh, most scholars believe he wrote in his prime. And then he wrote Ecclesiastes, which he was kind of old and cratchety when he wrote that one, amen? <laughs> and sometimes it bleeds through. But Proverbs, predominantly, uh, the book of Proverbs teaches us about wisdom versus folly, uh, goodwill versus anger. We've t touched on this the last few weeks. just want to recap a little bit for those who weren't here. Uh, good versus evil, hello? Life versus death, prosperity versus poverty, say amen. amen, honor versus dishonor, truth versus falsehood, friend versus enemy, fidelity versus adultery, peace versus violence, righteousness versus wickedness, prudence versus rashness, God versus man ultimately, which all paints a picture of what uh, wisdom really looks like. All these things really are kind of like little brushstrokes that paint the picture truly of what true wisdom really looks like. And, and somebody asked me this week, one of the young guys, I said, Pastor, why even preaching so much out of Proverbs? I said, because clearly you need it. Amen. Why don't you step on your cookies? <laughs> Everywhere my foot shall try to be blessed, including your cookies. Amen. <laughs> Nonetheless, I promise you'll enjoy yourself coming to this church <laughs> or his cookies. Amen. I said, because watch this, what I see in the church more than anything, and really what I do here, my aim and goal in preaching at Thrive and teaching here at Thrive Church is to empower you with the knowledge of God's word so you can live a life of victory. Because most people are trying to teach you to fight for victory, and the truth is you're fighting from a place of victory. Hey, what's up? Away from Harrisburg, huh? Yeah, good to have you home. Give him a big hand. Amen. <laughs> and so really what Proverbs teaches us is wisdom, understanding, and discernment. And what I see a lot of Christians where they follow up at, is if I could Christians follow up, is lack of wisdom. In other words, they do dumb things. Come on, it's the nicest way I can say it. They don't get, have understanding in matters. Watch this. And they have no discernment. I'm telling you, if you don't have those three things, you're going to get cooked all day long. You might win the lottery tomorrow, and you'll be broke by Tuesday. Why? Because you have no wisdom. Somebody came to me a couple weeks ago. He said, Pastor, is it a sin that I played a lottery? I said, depends. Do you tithe? <laughs> oh, man. But truthfully, in every area of our life, it takes wisdom, understanding, and discernment. And what happens if we're not careful as Christians is we're too nice sometimes. No. Maybe not me, maybe you guys. And the problem is if you're too nice, sometimes it leads you to be naive. Come on, go with me here just a minute. And then within the body of the Christ, can I just... It's like, well, I'm supposed to be nice. No, no, you're supposed to be kind to everybody. I'm not telling you not to be nice, but I'm telling you, you got to have wisdom with your niceness. You must have understanding with your niceness. You must have discernment with your niceness. Like my mom, you got to call her Hawkeye, right? She's got the gift of discernment. I'm telling you. So in the time we were a child, she could sniff something out from a mile away. And it wasn't just what Dylan was smoking, amen? Oh, Jesus, sorry.
Some of you are shaking your head. My grandmother's not in the room. It's okay. Amen. <laughs> Dylan's watching online. I'm going to hear about it later. He watches every service and then always lets me know what I said. Amen. <laughs> right, Terry, as a mother, known me a long time. Discernment, right? Friends with Terry's kids a long time. It's hard to believe your youngest just turned 30, right? Steve. But when we were kids, especially myself and Jamie, we'd get in a little bit of trouble, amen? <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she says. Watch this. But somehow mom always knew. All the mother said? Yeah. Oh. It's like, how does mom know? I, yeah, God does tell you. I'm convinced women have, are a little bit better in the discernment area than guys are sometimes. Amen. Ladies, I just set you free. You ought to be shouting. Come on. My mother's one of these people. I'm telling you, she could pick up on somebody or something from a mile away. Doesn't mean she won't be kind to them, but I'm telling you, she'd be, I tell you, like a hammer, amen? And my father, on the other hand, he's super like the nicest guy in the world, but sometimes he gets him hurt a little bit, amen? And don't worry, I tell him that to his face, and I don't think he likes it, but it's true, amen? Why? Because he has such a wonderful heart. But with a wonderful heart, you sometimes you need that balance, too. You understand? So I'm teaching and preaching this stuff because I want a church of people that are full of wisdom. I want a church of people that are full of understanding, in all matters. And it also have discernment. Then let me help you. When you uh, develop this inside of you, for instance, say somebody comes to you with gossip, you go, wait a minute, I don't even want to hear that. God hates gossip, therefore I have discernment to know God hates that, and I want no part of it. Well, so and so, no, 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 I, I have understanding from God above, you understand? doesn't mean we're perfect, doesn't mean we're better than anybody, but when you receive understanding from God, it helps you walk through some matters and see things like people don't see it. And then above all else, get wisdom. Come on, get wisdom. I, I said this a couple weeks ago, and I'll say it again. You know, God won't bless you being a jackass. Might be too much for you, but it's still true. For instance, I said this a couple weeks ago, I'll say it again. We could all go down to the casino tonight and put all of our money together and put it all on black. And it hits red. And then utility bills come this week and go, oh, God. God, we got a problem. No, no, you got a problem. Come on, say amen. The Bible absolutely teaches that God will prosper you, but it has a lot to say about stewardship too. Come on, say amen. You can't act like a fool. I, I told you a couple weeks ago, you got to stop letting the fool inside of you fool you. You got to get, you know, I told my friend the other day, I was talking to him on the phone, and I said, you know, it's like, I like it like this. A proverb a day keeps the fool away. It's pretty good, isn't it? I, with reading my scripture, and we're going through the Bible together uh, in a year chronologically this year as a church, and it's been phenomenal. I also, in addition, make sure I read a proverb a day because I want to keep the fool away. How about you? All right. So Proverbs uh, really is how to order your values, uh, which leads to character, amen? didn't say to be a character. It says it leads to your character, amen? Which leads to wholeness, which ultimately leads to satisfaction, uh, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Let me show you this for a minute. The Old Testament, right? The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. 
Uh, you show what I'm saying here. I, I, I'll preach something like this and have somebody say to me, Well, where's Jesus at in Proverbs? He's everywhere. Pastor, we just want the New Testament. We want the New Testament. No, no, you need the whole counsel of God. The problem with some of y'all just want the New Testament is you have no wisdom or understanding or discernment. And then you keep falling in the same nonsense over and over again and go, oh, God, get me out of this. Get me out of this. Get me out of this. No, God already gave you a path on how to get out. We preached it a few weeks ago. Are you on God's path or your path? People come, people go. It is what it is. And if you can't handle that in ministry, you better think a new profession up. I told somebody that, I said, I got skin like an alligator. Not just because it's tan, amen? Not like brown leather, amen? I said, in ministry, you have to. Because people are going to hurt you. Guess what? Jesus got hurt more than anybody by church hurt. And he still shows up every Sunday. Oh, man, I'll say it one more time. Jesus had more church hurt than anybody has ever had in their life, but he still shows up every Sunday. church hurt me. Well, I'm sorry, but it's time to push through. Time to leave that in the past. Still love me? Jesus is wisdom personified. Jesus is the voice of wisdom. He's the embodiment of wisdom. And watch this, the Holy Spirit gives us God's wisdom. Jesus is wisdom personified. You hear me? Where's Jesus? All over this thing. All over it. Jesus is the voice of wisdom. Hello? That other voice is the one that gets you in trouble. Come on, say amen. Well, God told me. God didn't tell you, you liar. God didn't tell you, put it all on black. Come on. Christians do a great job of blaming God for a thing that God never did. Oh, God called me to expose the church. Oh, yeah, prove it in Scripture. God called me to, no, 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 prove it. Because it's not the word of God, it's not God. You're a liar. Believe me, if I ever open my mouth, <laughs> I won't do it. You know why? Because the word of God doesn't permit it. You got people running around like Facebook prophets. And let me tell you something, you're a prophet or nothing. You're a prophet liar. Some people prophesy, some people prophesy lie. Amen? Still love me? Come on. But here's what I know about Jesus. Jesus is the voice of wisdom. He's the embodiment of wisdom in the New Testament. Amen? But watch this, the Holy Spirit gives us God's wisdom. So what are the qualities of wisdom? Really, they're the qualities of Christ. What are the qualities? They're the qualities of Christ. I just want to set this up. I know we're doing a little bit of recapping, but I want to bring us to a place where we understand why we're doing this. Amen? Uh, So what are the qualities of Christ? I'd start with obedience to God. Oh, baby. Could shut it down right there. Right behavior. Here's one I struggle with. Patience. Anybody else? Come on. Don't this is we got a lot of money in this thing. Don't let it fall down on us. Patience. Oh Lord help me. <laughs> Sometimes I can't get no. Amen. Get that in the ride home. How about reliability? Jesus is always reliable. If you're a Christian, you should be reliable. Come on. These are the qualities of Christ. They're the qualities of wisdom, and they're the qualities you should possess as a believer. How about humility? Diligence. Oh, baby, a couple of these. I could could feel it rising in the room. 
How about the perception, the perception of things as they really are? And all of these things perfectly are illustrated in the person and work of Jesus Christ. You know, I, I had a family thank me this afternoon for nearly two hours for teaching them on the principles of prosperity. Not that they're my principles, they're God's. But how God has increased them. Luke was sitting with us. We're, I mean, we're talking on the blessing of God. I could have sat there all day, believe me. I said, i got to go preach tonight. Rick's going to be in my driveway pretty soon. Amen. Pick me up. Talking about the goodness of God, the blessing of God, the favor of God. Like I shared before, just some little things last week. Just the favor of God on our lives. He gets the glory for it. Amen. I, I had a lady come to me today. She's a single mom. She said, you remember you called me out and prophesied over me? I said, vaguely. She said, two years ago, almost to the day, she said, you told me the Lord's going to give me everything double and increase me. I said, that about sounds like God. That about sounds like God. Always advancing, ever increasing. Single mom. How's he going to do it? It's not up to you to figure that out. It's up to you to believe him. I don't really care how he does it. I just know he's going to do it. So many Christians trying to figure out the process. Or, oh, what is going on? How is this going to? Who cares? Just believe him for it. I've never wondered when or who, what, or how or why. I don't really care. I just know he's going to do it. Amen? You know what I found out? You want to expedite your blessings? Just believe him. Quit trying to do it in your own strength. Because when you're trying to figure it out, you're trying to do it in your own strength. Just go with me for a minute. You're not using wisdom. The fool speaking. Come on. She said, I believed it when you said it. And it took a little bit of time. I said, what do I tell you all the time? Don't let faith defeat, or don't let time defeat your faith. But defeat time every time. She said, I stayed the course. I said, I don't know. She said, I just went to file my taxes the other day. I said, oh, I hate that. <laughs> Anybody else? Amen. Uncle Sam can beat it. Amen. She said, watch this. Everything has doubled for me. She said, I cannot believe. I said, well, that wasn't your faith. Amen. She said, just as you prophesied to me. I said, honey, let me help you. The word of God always comes to pass. Our problem is we waste time trying to figure out how he's going to do it rather than say, Lord, I thank you for divine wisdom that's going to make it happen for me. I thank you for divine understanding. Come on, say amen. God, I thank you for discernment that's going to show me the way I should go and the path that you have for me. Come on, say amen. And the plans you have for my life. I had a young man. I just went to the bathroom before. Amen. Before I got to preach. A little too much Celsius. Amen. Young man said in the bathroom, hey, pastor, I got a truck. I said, praise God. He said, get this. Somebody sold it to me for a dollar. I said, that anointing's rubbing off, boy, amen. He said, and it's a Ford. I said, it's definitely God, amen. <laughs> now let's turn to the word of God, if you would. To Proverbs chapter 1, where he lays it out for us. In verse 2, we'll read it to you in the Passion Translation. Verse 2 says this. Within these sayings, talking about the book of Proverbs, will be found the revelation of wisdom. And the impartation of spiritual understanding. In case you're wondering what the book's about. It's in the first, there's a second verse. A lot of people, I don't know what he's trying to say to me. Well, let's start with making it to the second verse. Amen. <laughs> Use them as keys to unlock the treasures of true knowledge. Pretty good, isn't it? Those who cling to these words will receive discipline to demonstrate wisdom in every relationship and to choose what is right and just and fair. 
Pretty good, isn't it? These proverbs will give you great skill. Somebody say great skill. To teach the immature and make them wise. God can make anybody wise. You know, I found a scripture when I was a young man that said, the Lord will make you smarter than your teachers. So when I'd come home from school, amen. Why are you in school? I said, I'm already smarter than my teachers. That's arrogant. Well, God said it. It'll give you great skill to teach the immature and make them wise, to give youth the understanding of their design and destiny. How many people say to me, I don't understand what God has for me? Open the book. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Get discernment. For the wise, these proverbs will make them even wiser. And for those with discernment, you will be able to acquire brilliant strategies for leadership. Come on. Terry, running that bank. God, I thank you that you've given me brilliant strategies. You see, you understand, these principles work in every area of our lives. Brilliant strategies for leadership. These kingdom revelations will break open your understanding to unveil the deeper meaning of parables, poetic riddles, epigrams, and to unravel the words and enigmas of the wise. We cross the threshold of true knowledge when we live in obedient devotion to God. Pretty good, isn't it? You're going to love this next one. Stubborn know-it-alls will, <laughs> will never stop to do this, for they scorn true wisdom and knowledge. Number one tonight, the purpose of Proverbs is wisdom, understanding, and discernment. The purpose of Proverbs is wisdom, understanding, and discernment. James 1, 5, and 6. If any of you lacks wisdom, anybody? Let him ask God. Didn't say to ask CNN or Fox News or any of them for that matter. Come on. Don't worry, I'm an equal opportunity offender. Amen. <laughs> Let him ask who? Ask who? Well, I just need to read this book, then I'm going to know it. No, no, you know what book you need to read? The Bible, the B I B L E. Come on, say amen. You know, here's what I, here, can I just for a second, here's what I find the danger is with some of this stuff. Christians, well-intentioned, right? Paul, they begin to view the Bible as like a pamphlet for prosperity without getting wisdom. Look, I believe more than anybody God wants to prosper you, but you have to do things God's way. You have to get wisdom on a matter. When you're doing things with business, invention, ideas, whatever it might be, you got to get God's wisdom on a matter. Otherwise, you're going to broke. And trust me, broke's no fun. Amen? Apostle Paul said, I had a lot and I had little. I choose a lot. Amen. <laughs> Hear me. The danger of this is, is, especially I see with young people, they use God's word like a pamphlet for prosperity, which it is. Hear me. But you must have wisdom. You must have understanding. You must have discernment. Because if you don't have that stuff, you're going to end up in a mess. You're going to end up in a mess. 
But hear me, when you use God's wisdom with God's word, now you're empowered to succeed. What did he say to Joshua? Do not let this word depart from what? Thine eyes or from their mouth. For then you'll make your way prosperous and have good success in everything you do. That's Joshua 1.8. Then he goes on, most people put verse 1.9 on their coffee mug. Amen. Do not be discouraged. <laughs> Never mind. Or next to Philippians 4.19. I can do all things. Amen. I'm with you there. But you got to get the wisdom, not just the coffee mug. Come on. Come on. So if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Who gives generously to all? Without reproach, and it will be given to him. Verse 6. But let him ask in faith. With what? What? With no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Proverbs 4, 7. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Oh, man. A lot of great people have royally screwed up because of bad judgment. You ever make any bad judgment calls? No. I have. Come on. People wearing eagle stuff in here tonight. Amen. I'll tease it. I'll tease it. I'll tease it. Just a joke. We still love you. Amen. Come on. You ever make a bad judgment call? Everybody has. And anybody who says they haven't, they're a liar. All have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. Come on. But here's what I know. He says, wait a minute. You might have done that in the past, but now it's time to get wisdom. And with wisdom is going to come good judgment. I, really, we've been teaching out of Proverbs chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, pretty much since Christmas. If those three books of the Bible were the only three you had, there's so much gold in those three chapters. I mean, you understand Solomon who wrote this. King David was his father, who was a man of war. Amen? Solomon was more of like a man of thought. But I'll tell you this, under his rule and leadership, they acquired more real estate than anybody. More real estate, folks. They acquired more real estate than anybody, acquired more wealth than anybody, and they had great peace. Probably somebody to glean from, amen? I said amen. How did he do it? He asked the Lord for one thing. He said, Lord, grant me your wisdom. God granted him wisdom, and then everything else came. This is something that's so missed on teaching being taught in the body of Christ. I know I'm doing a little more teaching than preaching tonight, but this is the type of stuff you need to get. Starting a business, you need to start here. Doing so fast, you need to do this here. For all y'all starting a ministry that are watching me tonight, you should read this book. It's a good one. Amen. Sorry. I'm a firm believer that a mentor walks through the door when a student is ready to learn. I'm a firm believer that a mentor will walk through the door the minute the student's ready to learn. The minute you're ready to actually receive wisdom, God will put somebody in your life to receive it. Oh, man. you got too many young people that are running around thinking they're going to be, you know, well, I'm Billy Graham, I'm whatever, I'm looking for a big platform, looking for whatever. Well, no, you should be doing something for a mentor. We were on a cruise two weeks ago, and last week we were in Florida. <laughs> and some people that I consider mentors in my life, uh, Brother Ted came down. Bishop, we were down there with him, Teddy, some other ones. Not only close friends of mine, but people that have been at this thing a long time. Amen? And I said, I need some help in this matter. Right, Ron? I, I said, help me understand this. What, let me run this stuff by you. I, I have people like that in my life. Why? Because I always want to be a lifelong student. Mm 
I'll be a mentor too to other generations. Amen. I got young people that I'm teaching and training in the word of God and the word of faith and all stuff, whatever. But I also need to be someone who's a lifelong learner too. You understand? I know this isn't the usual shout you thing here, but this is the type of stuff I need to teach and really just, I also say, infuse in the DNA of this church. Because the thing is, it, when this stuff is not infused in the DNA of a church, what you have is a crowd, which is great, amen. I'm so grateful we got a, a full house and have had a full house for a long time. I'm grateful for what God's doing. I'm grateful for God's favor. I'm grateful for God's blessing. I'm grateful for all that stuff. But I need to teach you in wisdom, too, as I need to be taught. I need to grow in understanding, as you need to. I need to grow in discernment, as we all need to. Somebody said the other day, Pastor, I don't know how you walk through that thing. I said, yeah, you can look for good in every situation. Look, don't I tell you that? I said, here's what I know. I might have walked through some hell, as I believe everybody in this place. But you come out of that thing with a heightened discernment. Come out of that thing with more knowledge than you had before. Look, I don't like getting crushed, but you got no wine without crushing grapes. And all the Italians said, give us the crushed grapes. Amen. <laughs> you got no diamond without getting purified. I like diamonds. How about you? People say, I don't like diamonds. You ain't going to like heaven. <laughs> Read about it. I don't like gold. You won't like the streets up there. You can have the Pennsylvania potholes. This boy right here, amen. Give me the gold streets. The Bible says diamonds and jasper and onyx, pearly gates. Why well, I think heaven's going to be poor. No, the only thing that's poor is your mentality, Amen. A mindset stuck on lack can't produce an abundance of anything. I said a mindset stuck on lack will never produce an abundance of anything. My whole life I had people tell me what I couldn't do. Very few people told me what I could do. I'm going to say it for a minute. My whole life I've had people tell me what I cannot do. I don't use it as a crutch. I just break their expectations. Oh, they get mad. Oh, I don't think a preacher ought to fly in the front of a plane. What do you care? I got broad shoulders, amen? Long legs. You ever see the back of that plane? There, I, gospel truth. We were sitting on a runway yesterday, right? I told Ron this. <laughs> we're sitting there for like a half hour, Paul, and the pilot comes on. Uh, we have to calculate because we have such a full plane and the baggage and everything, you know, the load capacity while we're flying. Meanwhile, we got somebody in the back of the plane who should not be flying in the back of the plane. You know what a seatbelt extender is? You know what a double seatbelt extender is? You know what two double seatbelt extenders are? I said to Carol, I said, that poor, poor people that own the seat on the right and the left, they got no seat on this right, amen, except around his lap. <laughs> now hear me. I'm being straight with you. We must come to a place of where we don't allow other people's opinions to dictate what we do. Why are you t people, you're listening to people who don't have the power to do it. And you're listening to their no. Or their opinion. You know, somebody they told me today, friends of mine, they said, I can't figure out. You just don't care what people think. You don't care what they say. You don't let anything disturb you from what God called you to do. I said, it never will. You know why? Because if people called me, I'd have quit a long time ago. I'd have run for the hills. 
But when God has called you, hear me. You make mistakes, sure, every day. But here's what I know. I ain't quitting. I'm not giving up. How about you? So I used to say, you can't ride up there. That's where rich people ride. I said, well, wait a minute. If my father owns a cattle on a thousand hills, <laughs> scripture. You answer the devil with scripture. I said, you answer the devil with scripture. Amen. Jesus had the same problem. I saw some nitwit the other day. Sorry. Twelve reasons on why Jesus was poor. Let me just, just for a second. We already took the offering. It's good. Twelve reasons Jesus is poor. I said, well, let me start. Uh, he had a treasurer who stole out of his treasury for three years. He employed 12 men full-time and 70 people part-time. Men that were literally, like Peter, owned a commercial fishing business. I've been to Israel. I've seen these boats. I've seen where, let me tell you something. Where Peter lived was not the poor side of town. Been to where his home is. Studied this stuff. But you got some nitwit on there. Well, Jesus was poor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you, if he was poor, why'd they gamble over his garments? You got people gambling over your clothes? Literally, read it in the Bible. While he's hanging on the cross, they're gambling over who's getting his clothes. People just read the thing at face value. Well, it said the Son of Man had nowhere to lead his head. Read the context of that. Well, what do you do with the rich young ruler? Read the rest of the story. Because money and riches had that boy's heart. That's why Jesus told him, go sell everything. And if he really believed what he said he believed, then it would have been returned to him. Jesus, then Peter busts out and says, whoa, then who can enter the kingdom of God? If they were poor, why is Peter caring so much? Mm -hmm. Oh, I can prove it to you all through that thing. You never, if Peter was poor, didn't own a commercial fishing, but didn't whatever, why would he bust out like that to Jesus? Then who can enter the kingdom of God? Because he wouldn't have cared. Jesus says, let me tell you, anybody's given up anything for my name. And then he goes on to list it because he knew people are dumb. He did. Read it. He says, they've given up houses or lands or property or anything. He says, we'll be returned to them 100-fold in this life and the life to come. How much money you got to have for, a tre for somebody stealing out of your treasury for three years and it didn't hinder the ministry? I prove you Jesus wasn't poor. He had wealthy women supporting his ministry. Read it. It's all through the New Testament. But yet he has some nitwit on it. Twelve reasons Jesus was poor. Only as poor as your mentality. You lack wisdom. I see you lack wisdom. So that's what I loved about Dr. Price before he went home to be with Jesus. I was telling Luke today, I said, years ago we were in Los Angeles, right, in Los Angeles Cathedral, and he bought the old uh, Pepperdine University. And he says, I found out God was the God of the ghetto. I still love Dr. Price. He says, as a young African-American man, they told me everything I couldn't do, and I just did the opposite. He said, I figured if the drug dealer going to drive a Rolls Royce, the preacher going to drive one too, right through the ghetto, letting people know God bought me a Rolls Royce. <laughs> You'd have to know Fred Price. I mean, he was just a, a clip. But I'll tell you right now, he did everything they said he could never do. Because people tried to say, well, you're, you're this skin tone, so you can't do that. The only limits you have on life are the ones you put on yourself. 
Still love me? Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Hello. True, true wisdom always brings you to a place of knowing God deeper. Say amen. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Number two tonight, very quickly. It all starts with the fear of the Lord. It all starts with the fear of the Lord. Now, I'm going to break this down because most people don't understand this. That's why we need wisdom. Need understanding. Come on, say amen. Need discernment. Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is not like some terror. Oh, I'm so afraid of God. That's not what it is. It's not at all what that means. In fact, the way that translates, you read in the original... The fear of God is more like the awe of God. It's a, it drives me to a holy reverence for God. Holy reverence for the things of God. It's not, oh my God, he's going to hit me with the lightning. No, that's religion. That is not wisdom from God. Fear of God is, God, I am so blown away by your reverence, by your power, by your goodness, by your mercy. Come on, say amen. Flying home yesterday. I'm, I'm telling you. I, I, I don't mind praying in tongues anywhere. You know why? All you got to do is throw one of them little speakers in your ear. What do you call that thing? Yeah, I got the Dollar General ones. <laughs> yeah, Dollar Buds. There you go. That's about what they are. I, they're like unbreakable. I had the Apple one. Maybe lasted like half an hour. We were riding last summer. You asked Rick and Lou. I had one blow out the Dollar Buds. Blow out of my ear on the motorcycle. Going like 75. Come back later that day. There it is laying on the side of the road. Picked it up, popped up my ear, and started playing music again. <laughs> you could spend $200 or you can get wisdom and get dollar buds. Amen. <laughs> this boy will use that Jewish anointing and get dollar buds. Amen. <laughs> We're flying home. Just praying in the Holy Ghost. Thanking God that he moved us up. Thanking God that an unsaved waiter bought our meal. Thanking God that somebody offered to buy me clothing. I said, just overwhelmed by the goodness of God. Watch this. I'm in awe of the favor of God. That's what the fear of the Lord is. It's not, God's going to get you. That's not God. God loves you. Too many people are teaching, you're a turn or burn. That's not God. That's not God. God so loved the world that he gave. True fear of the Lord is reverence for God. It's God, you're an awesome and a holy God and I'm going to worship you. It's when I wake up in the morning, God, I'm going to sing your praises. I'm going to lift my hand. I'm going to get in the word of God. Hear me and say, God, I thank you for another day. I'm in reverence of how good you've been to me. You gave me breath in my lungs. See, people think it's about stuff. It's never about stuff. It's always about the giver of the stuff. But true fear of the Lord is, God, I'm in awe of you. He's just singing a song back today. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God, for whom all praises do. I stand, I stand in awe of you. That's real fear of the Lord. God's not a tyrant. Come on. 
The fear of the Lord is not the terror of a tyrant, but the kind of awe and respect which will lead to obedience to him. Who is the wisest of all? It's the secret to obtaining genuine wisdom. You want to know the quickest way to receive God's wisdom in your life? It's to have a reverence for God and the things of God. Fear of the Lord is an increased reverence for God and the things of God. Job 28, 28. I love using the book of Job because most bad theologians try to use it like it's this bad book. Job's a great book. I said, Job's a great book. Job might have had some bum friends, but Job's a great book. Curse God and die. You curse God and die, you hillbilly. Amen. <laughs> we were at the West Palm Beach Zoo the other day. And they got these sloths up in the tree. Lorelai's like, Daddy, what's a sloth? <clears throat> I said, you know your uncles? Amen. No, tease it. <laughs> I entertain myself wherever I go. To an audience of myself. Amen. Look, the book of Job. Yeah, Job was the richest man in all the East. Job had more than anybody in anything. And the devil begged God. To take a hedge of protection off of Job and his property. So God let it up knowing what? That Job's faith wouldn't fail. Because true faith isn't dependent upon the stuff. It's dependent upon the giver of the stuff. Most people miss this. Job says over and over again. Job did not sin against God by blaming God. And then let me tell you what happens in Job 42. Job 42.2, I know you're the one true living God and no purpose of yours could ever be thwarted. And then God restores everything double for Job's trouble. Amen. Yet the bad theologians, like they read like three verses of the book. Have you read Job? <laughs> yeah, I read through the Bible every year in a different translation. Yes, I've read Job. You should read it sometime. Amen. A lot of great scripture in there. Job 28.28, 28. and this is what he says to all humanity. The fear of the Lord is true wisdom. To forsake evil is real understanding. True wisdom is reverence for God. Job 37, 24. No wonder people everywhere fear him. All who are wise show him. All who are wise show him. True, the fear of the Lord truly is reverence for God. I don't know how else to drive this home because far too long people have used it like, it's the scripture about Turner Burn. That's not it. God's going to zap you with a lightning bolt. No, I wish he'd zap you, but that's a different story. Amen. <laughs> Come on. God's not up there whacking anybody with lightning. Let me tell you something. He's going to whack the devil's sorry tail in the end of time. God's going to get me. Yeah, with his love, with his grace, with his mercy. God chases me every day with goodness and mercy. God chases you every day with goodness and mercy. Just because you're too dense to realize it. Amen. Sorry. Elevator and go all the way to the top. God still loves you. Hear me. But true fear of the Lord is, God, I'm in reverence of you. It's God, I'll never get over the miracles. I'll never get over your goodness. I'll never get over the little things like a waiter buying dinner. See, to most religious people, that goes, ah. <laughs> to me, that goes, you're the Lord even over the heathen. You're a good God who wants to fill our lives with good things. And the truth is, God can't even fill your life with good things because the last good thing you filled them with, you haven't praised them for. So I'll get on the airplane. 
pop that thing in my ear, praying the Holy Ghost. It don't no different. You walk around Wegmans and do it. Amen. <laughs> this morning, I had a precious people come into Pecto. I was in the lobby shaking hands, greeting some folks, and they come over and start speaking Spanish to me. I said, no habla espanol. The guy points at my skin. I said, suntan. You know what he told me? You look Cuban. I said, that's a first. I said, the only languages that I speak are English and Holy Ghost. Amen. But let me introduce you to Brother Alvin, because Brother Alvin speaks Spanish. Real life. We need to increase in the fear of God, <clears throat> the awe and the wonder of God is really increasing in the fear of God when we give him more reverence. I want a church more than anything that says, God, we're in awe of you. We're in awe of your presence. We don't come here because we've got nothing to do on a Sunday night, which they don't in Honesdale. That's a different story. We come here, God, because we're in awe of you. I was at a wonderful church with Bishop last Sunday. Dear friends of mine, Teddy and Sean and Reese and all those boys. By the way, I'm they all want me to send them Thrive merch. Next year, that's what they're getting for Christmas. Amen? Buy people Christmas gifts, and then I get Never mind. And then Tuesday night, we go to a friend's church ours, right over in Royal Palm. When I tell you, I don't know what God's doing. I'm telling you right now, the power of God stepped up in that place. What I love about that location is a friend of mine tried to get me to come work for him, but it's a different story. He's got... Five, ten thousand seat auditoriums around St. Louis, different, I mean, massive, massive. And he got this little place in Royal Palm that used to be an Assembly of God church. And a couple years ago, Paul, I got down there when he bought that place. He said, We're going to fix this over and over. I thought, God, what are you doing? <laughs> you got 150 seats in this chapel, right? God, everything's connected in the spirit. Hear me. You ask Carmen. We're in this place until 11 o'clock at night. Power of God stepped up in this place. I'm telling you, if you were here a couple weeks ago, before we had to get to Allentown for like ever, and the, I'm telling you, the power of God stepped in this place a couple weeks ago. Am I telling the truth? People falling out of their chairs. Oh, you pushed them. How'd they fall out from across the room? Joy just hitting people with laughter. The Holy Spirit filling people, changing people. God is on the move. Here at 11 o'clock at night, worshiping God. People all over the floor, <clears throat> sitting in the back room, in the back row, Carolina and the kids. Just in awe of what God's doing. I'm far from perfect, but I'm telling you right now, I have a reverence for God. Why do you think I have no problem touching on the subjects most preachers don't have the guts to talk on? If you talk about money, people will leave. Let them leave. When I stand before God someday, I'm going to say, I preached the whole council. I don't care who didn't like it. But I'll tell you this. When you have a reverence for God, you have no problem worshiping him with your giving. Worshiping him with your living. You have no problem doing what everybody else won't do just to get to the presence of God. I'm telling you, when you encounter an awesome and a holy God, it's like nothing else matters. Been there, done that, had that, it doesn't satisfy. But when you encounter an awesome and a holy God, a reverence for God, I just want the anointing. Have young preachers ask me all the time, Paul, how do you get so many miracles in your meeting? I said, how about spending time with God? 
Miracles become easy and common when you've spent time with a holy and an awesome God. The only time you're spending time with God is, well, i got to preach something, so now i got to spend some time with God. You'll never have anything. I said a preacher asked me the other day, man, I preach prosperity, I preach this, I preach that. I don't get any results like you do. I said, because you don't really believe it. He's a well-known evangelist. <laughs> His eyes got about this big. Yes, I do. I said, then why don't you get results? Because there's no anointing on it. You might get a lot of clicks on social media. But you don't really have a reverence for God in those areas. Lastly tonight, number three. Only three things tonight. Life's all about choices. Life is all about choices. Oh, say amen or say ouch. Time to stop blaming God and taking responsibility for the man in the mirror. The lady in the mirror. Proverbs 1, 15 and 16. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil. Stop blaming God for the dumb decisions that you continue to make. Stop blaming God for the dumb decisions that you continue to make. You can't keep making dumb decisions and go, oh, God, why are you doing this to me? Woe is me. It's like people, Brother Jared, I've seen this my whole life. <laughs> they continually make dumb decisions, do the same thing over and over again, and go, though he slay me, still I trust him. <laughs> Grant, am I telling the truth? Oh, I'm just a, a rough stone getting polished out here. No, you're an idiot. <laughs> the truth is you haven't had somebody tell you the truth. You're 42 years old, still living in mom and dad's basement. You got no job. Come on. Some of y'all, ah, that's me. It's time to grow up. Put those big boy pants on. Get a job 30 years ago. Amen. I got my first job when I was 11. My dad had a, remember the Dodge Durango? He had a new Dodge Durango when I was 11. And Dylan <coughs> said, we got to borrow that. And we were kind of known for borrowing our parents' vehicles when we were younger, amen? We were kind of underneath that school of thought of uh, sometimes it's better to ask forgiveness than his permission. <laughs> My grandma said, am I telling the truth? She used to have to bail us out all the time, amen? <laughs> am I telling the truth? So I got the Dodge Durango. I thought, man, Dad's got a new pair of sneakers, too. I'm going to wear them when I drive it. Problem was, I, at the time, I was probably like a size 6, and he's wearing a size 10 and a half. We both know how well that went, amen? Because all the cool people don't tie their shoes. It went from Dodge Durango to Dodge John Deere tractor to the tree, amen? And I smashed up his new car. So when I was 11 years old, my butt got beat redder than Rick's face, Amen. They had a paddle. They still, my mom still has it. It says, spare the rod, spoil the child. All you Dr. Spock, unspankable generation, you're doing no favors. Beat their sorry behind. Amen? I tell Levi all the time, you want to get beat? Somebody in the airport day, you can't say that to your kid. Mind your business. Tell your kid what you want. You're going to get a red hiney if you don't listen up. Amen? Dr. Spock and Dr. Spock it. Amen? Didn't I smash that thing up? Underneath the wisdom of Dylan. Amen. Anyway. 
nothing poor about them, trust me. <laughs> so I had to get a job. Because guess what? At 11, after my dad got done beating my butt, he says, now nah, you're going to pay for this thing. Anybody else grow up like that? So I had these uh, savings bonds because my dad used to run a place called Panel Prints, big printing outfit back in the day. And they gave us savings bonds all the time. Cashed in all the savings bonds, still didn't pay for the Durango damage. I said, you have insurance. My insurance isn't going up because you smashed my car. You ever been there? Joe. <laughs> so long story short, I got a job at a place called Sebastianelli's. Not the restaurant, because they wouldn't let 11-year-olds in the restaurant. This boy works shucking clams. <laughs> remember, remember the seafood outfit down there? This boy was shucking clams in the back. All you clam eaters, you're welcome. <laughs> Where's this going? Life's all about choices, amen. But watch this. After I got done paying for the Drango... And the John Deere and the new pair of shoes. I found out something that if I worked, I had a little bit of jingle in my pocket. Oh, ain't no 42 year old in the basement here. Am I telling the truth? So then I went from there, kept the job there, and I went to Montdale Country Club. Terry, remember? <laughs> it's so humbling, Pastor, in a place where people have known you your whole life. I'm in the back scrubbing pots and pans, right? So I'm shucking clams and scrubbing pots and pans. Then when I turn 12, you can get a job at Alexander's. Come on. I washed most of y'all's dishes. You didn't even know it. If they were clean, you're welcome. If they weren't, it's probably the other guy. Dylan, yeah. Dylan actually worked at Montel Country Club too, amen. This is real life. But watch this. At 11, I find out if I worked, I got a little bit of money. And I liked racing dirt bikes when I was a kid and quad. And y'all who know me know I like that stuff. And I found out I can buy whatever I want. Because mom and dad weren't buying it. Amen. And I found out at Lars, even as a kid, I bought a new quad when I was 12. Remember? My poor grandmother. It's amazing she has natural colored hair. Yeah, right, she says. Because <laughs> even though quads have four wheels, I used to ride it on two wheels. Remember the trike? I had a big red. Remember big red? Oh, man. Right? My poor grandmother. I told her weeks ago. I said, guess how I'm getting the... Don't tell me. So I'm flying in airplanes. I don't want to know about... Watch this. I'm going somewhere with this. I promise. By age 12, I had three jobs. Making money. Hustling. Then, like all good uncles do, we had an uncle who I won't say his name, who said, man, you and Dylan work pretty good. Why don't you come over here and work for me? Right, remember? So we start running, you know what a DA sander is? We're running DA sanders on wood chippers and bucket trucks and doing all that. Learn how to paint. I'm 12 years old. Hustler. Still hustle. But hear me. I found out that I can do and have what no other 12-year-old had. And they got jealous. No, your mom and dad bought you a new quad. No, I paid for this thing. Time to drive. Bought my own car, my own insurance. I'm not bragging on me. I'm telling you, life is all about choices. 
So wherever you're at in this lifetime, hear me, this thing's up to you. Stop blaming God for your dumb decisions. I don't have no money. You don't work. He said he blessed the work of your hands. Everything you put your hand to would prosper. He didn't say bless your buns sitting on the couch. <laughs> Blessed assurance. Amen. It's true. How old are you, Randy? Huh? 15. You come out and work with us? Put him to work. He says, well, Pastor, I want to work. You like making money. How many 15-year-olds are you know, going out to work? It's a choice. He showed up a couple Sundays ago, new shoes, new treads. I said, you spent all that money I paid you there, didn't you? No, tease. <laughs> so stop blaming God for your dumb decisions. Amen. Worship team, you can come back. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 30. Now I call the sky and the earth to be witnesses that I am offering you this choice. This is God. Will you choose for the Lord to make you prosperous and give you a long life? I don't know about you, but I'm in on that one. Come on, Ace. Or will, you put, or will he put you under a curse and kill you? Choose life. Be completely faithful to the Lord your God. Love him and do whatever he tells you to do. You know, Grant, my whole life I had people tell me, you shouldn't give the way you give. You're going to be poor. I said, well, I've never met anybody come to poverty through giving. I say this humbly. You ask Carolyn. We got married. I was working, I don't know what, three, four jobs or whatever, driving the school bus. Imagine me as a school bus driver. <laughs> You're shaking your head no about Amen. You've been in that roll-off truck. I did. While we had a business doing automotive stuff. And I was working landscaping. And I was cutting trees. And then I was volunteering at the church. With a Bible college degree. Turned on all these offers to go do ministry for money and came here for nothing. Because God told me to. I said, God, this world don't run on nothing. But if you're leading me, I know you'll bless me. I got an opportunity, as soon as I graduated Bible school, to run H&R Block. I got linked up with a guy who had 17 locations. He said, I really like you. I said, I like me too. Amen. Wasn't a Christian guy. Watch this. I'll show you how to favor God goes before you. He said, I want you to run all 17 lo locations for me. telling you, life is all about choices. That's why you need wisdom from God. That's why you need understanding from God. That's why you need discernment. Believe it or not, I'm still a hustler. Amen? I still like to get out there and get to work. How about you? You know how many hours I got in this place? I don't even know, but God does. Some of y'all are here when we started building this thing. Colleen's sister Kava was here tonight when this used to be two buildings. Brother Jim's standing back there. As soon as I got done with that last service in here, I was waiting on the other side of the wall with a sledgehammer. Somebody's got a picture somewhere. And you know what I did? Boom, blew a hole in the wall. And I said, I thank you, God, this is now one building in Jesus' name. <laughs> Permitting might not see it this way, but you do, amen. Life's all about choices, amen. The Lord is the, so do whatever the Lord tells you to do. The Lord is the only one who can give life. And he will let you live a long time in the land that he promised to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's Deuteronomy 30, verses 19 and 20 in the contemporary English version. 
The decisions you make today will determine the destiny you walk in tomorrow. The decisions you make today will determine the destiny you walk in tomorrow. <laughs> this is family, so I could just say this stuff on Sunday night. Somebody said to me today, man, you just say whatever you want. I said, I can. You know why? Well, I guess you can't fire a volunteer, but I guess you can. If you guys wanted to, you could fire me. Amen. <laughs> Religious people, Grant, when they saw we flew that plane a couple weeks ago, they got mad. As if they paid anything for it. Watch this. Other people who know me a long time got glad. They said, Pastor Tyler, hear me. That's just part of the dream coming to pass. That's just part of a vision coming to pass. See, the thing about I thought it was awesome. We get on that cruise ship, right? And I like going on a cruise. You know why? Because it's usually somewhere warm. And believe it or not, I like to tan. Naturally, Rick. Amen. <laughs> laugh because Lou knows it's true. You know what I found out about that cruise ship? That thing goes to the destination no matter who's on board or not. No matter who falls off, it keeps going. You know what I'm here to tell you? Decisions you make today will determine your destiny tomorrow. Your destiny is not dependent upon other people. Anything you want to obtain is life. Let me help you. Your weight loss is not dependent on other people. It's a decision every day. A lot of days, I don't feel like going to the gym. But I still feel like eating those Whoppers. Or sheets when we stop tonight, amen? But I promise you, I'm there every day. We were gone away the last two weeks, 12 days in the gym out of 14. Why? Because I'm trying to, instead of putting it here, I'm trying to put it up here. Amen? <laughs> Life is all about choices. Don't like where you're at today? Change the decisions you're making for tomorrow. You know why I'm still hustling the way I am? For my kids. Well, you're only 32. Amen. And I believe I'll live a long time for the Lord should tarry. But everything I'm doing now is for them kids. Setting them up someday, they'll have something. Well, that's bold. No, no, that's what the Bible says. A good man leaves inheritance to their children. And then their children's children, we should tarry. Amen? I'd say I go long, but I always go long. <laughs> but I'll tell you why. Because I get like two hours with you on a Sunday, if we're lucky. Sometimes more, amen. Sometimes less if it's a holiday. Two hours to impart to you the word of God that now you go out for another seven days and deal with people. Hello. Problems. Hello. Sister Christian, amen. <laughs> Sister Sandpaper, whatever you want to call her. But here's what I know. If I can impart the word of God to you by the power of the Holy Ghost, it'll change your life from faith to faith, victory to victory, glory to glory. Amen? Don't worry, brother. I didn't get your cookies. Amen. So watch this as I close. Here comes the Holy Spirit in this chapter. Here it comes. We see Jesus' Jesus's wisdom personified all that. Now here comes the Holy Ghost. Watch. Verse 23. Come and listen to my counsel. That sounds like God's voice, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound like God's voice? I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. 
I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. Let me help you. For a lot of people in this room, the Holy Spirit's been calling and calling and calling, and you're not paying attention. He's been calling and calling and ringing your phone, and you haven't been picking up. And he's been calling, saying, wait, 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 you're going down the wrong path. You're missing the boat. Wisdom's over here. Come on, we talked about Balaam's donkey a few weeks ago. The donkey, amen? How Balaam kept trying to go down this path, and the donkey wouldn't let him. He kept striking the donkey and striking the donkey. Until the third time, the donkey finally speaks. He says, can't you see it? He's trying to prevent you from going down the wrong path. The Holy Ghost is doing the same thing. For Christians so often, I'm like, man, you're missing it. Does nothing for me to teach you on the blessing. Does everything for you. You're missing what God is trying to say to you because you're hung up with your stinking thinking. Instead of stepping over into wisdom, you're over here in nonsense. Instead of getting understanding, you're just getting misunderstood. Instead of having discernment in a matter, you just run out the door. I've watched this my whole life, the cycle of Christianity. People come into church, people go into church for a little while, and the, the devil does this just like Peter. Jesus said to Peter, he said, Peter, I pray that your faith may not fail, for Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. Terry, how, how have we seen it? Whole lives. People come into church, oh, I love Jesus, whatever. The first window, whatever, they're out the door. God called me to be a minister. Well, then you ought to get a mentor. Not just go try and start a ministry in your own strength, because it's going to fail every time. I never desired to be a minister. Some days I still don't, amen? But the calling of God is irrevocable. Hear me. But if you don't have wisdom, you'll get nothing. Understanding. Discernment. Now watch this. It's the only place in the Bible I've ever seen this. Now it's the Holy Spirit in verse 25 where we left off. Watch this. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. Now watch what happens. So I will laugh when you're in trouble. Wow. Most people didn't know that was in there. How about it? Quiet now, huh? No. He's been calling and calling and calling just because you aren't answering. There comes a point now you're in trouble. And he's saying, <laughs> but I tried. I tried to turn you over and over and over again. I tried to turn your heart towards me. I tried to direct your path. I tried to direct your steps. And you just kept going the other direction. You kept smacking the donkey. I tried to put roadblocks there instead of you going down that path. I tried to bring you to a place of grace and you ran the other way. You listen to gossip. You run out the door. You get tied up in nonsense. And now you're crying, oh, God, I'm in help. I'm the victim. I'm whatever. And God says, I can't even help you now. I called and called and called and you didn't answer. You know how many people? The Bible says, God is willing that none should perish and all would come to repentance. 2 Peter 3, 9. New people, the Holy Spirit's been calling out to, to receive God, and they just keep ignoring him. They just keep ignoring. Well, I'll let it ring. I, I, I'll receive Jesus later. I'll do this later. No, 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 you won't. You keep being a fool and making a mess of your life. The fool in you keeps fooling you. Oh, but they're my friend. They're my family. They're my, no, you're trying to make excuses for your problems. Stop making excuses and follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. 
friends of mine say today, they, they said, man, people have tried to assault everything about you. And it's like, you know, it doesn't even phase you. I said, who cares? I said, furthermore, the Bible says when people will persecute you, the Lord himself will repay you. And I found out he pays a whole lot better than they do. I said, he pays a whole lot better than they do. But hear me, we must be people that are yield ourselves, hear me, to the voice of the Holy Ghost. You want to host the presence of God? You want miracles? You want stuff? You must yield yourself to what he's saying. Or be like every other nominal Christian in this country. Well, I hope we get in and out quick. Like you have anywhere to be. It's kind of a nice part about doing church on Sunday night. No one has anywhere to be. Well, I got to go to work tomorrow morning. So does everybody. But I promise you this. If you would get devoted to God's house, you'll have a supernatural strength come upon you that it won't phase you in the morning. Maybe start going to the gym, get a little more energy. Sorry. Take better care of yourself. Right, Jody? She's like one of the best. I'm serious. Bless you in your health. Amen? You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered, so I'll laugh when you're in trouble. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone. And anguish and distress overwhelm you. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. This is heavy duty. I know this isn't like patty cake preaching, but I clearly don't ever do patty cake preaching. I want to give people the whole word of God. You know why? Because this is the type of stuff you go, whoa, wait a minute, I need to yield to his voice. Whoa, wait a second, hold the phone. I just got, God, I am humbled by you. I want to yield myself to you. I want to fully surrender you. Come on, say amen. I need to come to a place, God, where I need to hear you, not everything else. I don't care what the Facebook prophet's saying. I don't care what the... God, I need to hear you. Let me help you. Want to be blessed in your business? Ask God to direct you in your business. Want to start a business? You better get his wisdom on it. These are the true keys to being blessed. Yielding yourself to a God that loves you and has great plans for you. But how can he fulfill the plans if you're not yielding yourself to him? <laughs> when we cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. For they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. This is harsh, isn't it? Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. Heavy duty, isn't it? Hey, that is a father, because a real father will correct you. I've had many times in my life where God has had to correct me. How about you? I don't always like it, but I need it. I'm grateful when he brings me out of situations, out of things that sometimes my own dumb decisions got me into. Can I get a witness? <laughs> I know, not y'all. Y'all are perfect. But I'm telling you, on the other side of that mess, there is a message that there is a God in heaven who's calling out to you. For simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. 
That is a word. I said, that's a word. That is a word for all of us. Will you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit tonight that's calling out to you? I'm telling you, there is a God in heaven that's calling out to you. He's been calling for a long time, and some of y'all have been being stubborn. Time to listen up. You know, I had some people recently say, well, I think you're preaching sermons about me. You think too high of yourself. I don't have anybody in mind when I preach this stuff. Well, I think there's drama. No, the drama's with you. There ain't no drama here. There's peace here. There's joy here. There's blessing here. But I'm here to tell you this. You've got to put some voices out the room, some things that are distracting. Some of y'all push the plate back a little bit. That's what I love about fasting so much, Ron, because it's like it heightens my antenna, if you would, to hear from the voice of God. Pushing the plate back. Saying, oh, I'm just going to lift my hands today. Praying the Holy Ghost. That's what I, I love about getting out there working. I've been here working, hanging sheetrock, whatever. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. Driving that truck, praying on. Why? Because it's time invested in the kingdom. It's time spent with the king. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, and I'll leave it. I just, I got to get this to you. Tongues is the gateway to miracles. Tongues is a precious gift from God. And any fool that told you it's demonic is a fool. You begin praying in the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, young people, it's like God downloads stuff from heaven and puts it in your spirit. You might not understand it now, but it's like a word will come to you in due season. It's like divine wisdom will hit you. It's, you're supposed to be going somewhere and all of a sudden something changes core. It's called yielding to the Holy Ghost. I said yielding to the Holy Ghost. Am I perfect at it? By no means. I preach to myself every week. You guys just get to listen. Amen. But Proverbs is here to teach us what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. I said Proverbs is here to teach us what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you don't know my Jesus. Tonight is your night to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know, it's, it's been such a blessing of the Lord to be here doing this. I got, I got a message last week. Or I shot something uh, to go over in a, a remote village in Pakistan. A guy sent me a thing from the network. He said, you had 71 people in a village of 180-something or something. Muslims give their hearts to Christ. You had over 80 physical miracles take place. How does that happen? By yielding to the Holy Ghost. By preaching that Christ is the healer. That Christ wants to save people. <laughs> he said, you got time to do an interview with this big TV network? I said, actually, I'll be raising money for missions in the Dominican Republic that week. I said, but I'll do something the week after if you have a slot. God just keeps dropping opportunities in our lap. And I told him, I said, I'm glad to come there and raise money with these missions projects. I said, but here's the deal. I'm going to be at Thrive on Sunday night. And I'll get to the DR on Monday. If you don't like it, we got no deal. But if you can make that work, we'll take care of all of our own stuff. We'll come with seed in our hand from the church to be a blessing. Carolyn can't go, so Rick will be going with me. Amen. Getting a real tan for once. Amen. And be a blessing to as many people as we can be a blessing to. I was talking to my cousin today. 
They were at the UPC. God bless them. They're having meetings in Cali, Colombia. 30,000 people coming out a night. He said, I, I want you to come preach. I said, Mark, I would love to. But you got to understand, my heart's in Honesdale. I'm yielding to what God's saying. I'm not just taking speaking opportunities and doing things of that nature. I want to be fully yielded to what God is saying and where God would have me to be. To me, it's not about 30,000. I think that's wonderful. But if God gave me three people, I'll be faithful where he put me. I'll prosper where I'm planted. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you don't know my Jesus. You took a long time. I'll take as long as it takes to get people the word of God. If people get it quickly, we'll do it quickly. If they don't, we'll preach till the cows come home. Amen. And I make no apologies for it. Because this is the type of stuff that will change your life. Change your destiny. Get you some wisdom. Get you some understanding. And get you some discernment. Father, I pray for everybody in the sound of my voice first. I pray wisdom would increase in our lives. God, we say we lack wisdom and you give it liberally, Father. So we're asking you to pour it out in this place. Pour it out in our marriages. Pour it out in our families. Pour it out in our business. Pour it out in our relationships, our workplace, whatever it might be. Father, give us divine wisdom. I'm asking everybody to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Jesus. I admit I'm a sinner and I need you. Holy Spirit, remove my sin and fill me with your precious presence. Father, I ask you give me divine wisdom, divine insight, divine revelation that I might grow in my knowledge of you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for filling me. And thank you for healing me. In Jesus' name. Amen. So let me give God a mighty hand of praise. Real quick. Number one, Wayne's not here tonight, so he's going to miss it. Go to church. Wayne will go, go to church. So Wayne, if you're watching, we love you. Amen. There's a bunch of people watching aren't feeling well tonight. We pray the Lord raises them up. Amen. So go to church. Hear me. It does not have to be this church. But I wish it would be. You know why? Because you'll get the whole council here. And you'll also get a body of Christ believers that really do love God and love each other. Amen. Go to church. Number two, read the Bible. If you download the YouVersion Bible app, Y-O-U version Bible app. You can even friend request me if you want. We're together at this church, reading together the Bible in chronological order in a year. And what a blessing the Lord it's been. Amen? If you need a hard copy of the Bible, Aaron's that good-looking guy underneath the Thrive sign back there. Everybody turn around and see Aaron. There you go, Aaron. Nice wave. Amen. He'll give you a gold star. Uh, he'll give you a Bible free of charge. There's never a charge for the gospel. Amen? Pray. Read the Bible, go to church. Prayer is simply being thankful to God. Somebody said to me, well, I don't know religious words. I said, you're in luck, neither does God. Prayer is just simply being thankful to God. Amen? Before I turn you loose, Brian, lift your hands if you would. In fact, come over here if you don't mind. Stretch a hand towards my friend Brian. Anybody that comes up from Harrisburg, we can pray for. Amen? Good to see you. Good to see you too. 
Brian gave his heart to the Lord not that long ago, amen? amen. And the Lord's been working in his life. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at all these people coming from the gym. No wonder the Lord put me there. Amen. No way to get in better shape, amen? But saving all these wonderful folks. Him, Debbie, amen, her sister, a whole bunch. God is a good God. Let me help you. God will use you wherever you are. I don't go around the gym preaching, do I? Nope. Just lifting heavy weights, amen. But God will anoint you wherever you are. Turn your hand towards my friend Brian. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for this precious man of God. Father, I command every voice of doubt and fear to try to come against him. I curse it off of his life. May he hear the voice of truth loud and clear, Father. I pray you anoint him as he's down there at Penn State and Harrisburg, God. As he strengthens his physical body, I pray his spirit man becomes stronger and stronger. Pray you fill him with the power of the Holy Ghost, God. Anoint him. Use him, Father, for your glory. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fill him with the power of the Holy Ghost. Bless him, Lord. Give him favor. Use him for your glory. In Jesus' name. I love you, buddy. Amen. Said amen. Just lift your hand just for a second if you would. If you must go, feel free. Just want to wait on the Lord just for a second. I'll never t apologize for taking time in God's presence. Amen. Hallelujah. Said hallelujah. Brother Joe, in the same way, things you've been praying for for a while, God's already made some things happen at the beginning of this year. <laughs> and it's lit a new joy in you. In Jesus' mighty name, every desire of his heart, give it to him, Lord. You've been faithful, following you even through the hard times, trusting you through the hard stuff. Bible says it like this. In my presence, there's fullness of joy. At my right hand are pleasures forevermore. Every desire of his heart, Father. In fact, I believe these first five weeks of this year, God's given you answers to things you've been praying for for a long time. It's just the beginning, says the Lord. In Jesus' name. I said in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And right here, brother. In Jesus' mighty name. Everything from your past has tried to harass you. I curse it in Jesus' name. I'm going to come over and lay my hand if that's all right. 
I won't embarrass you. Don't worry. God doesn't embarrass people. God blesses people. Everything from your past that would try to harass you and harass your family and things of nature, I curse it in Jesus' mighty name. It doesn't have to be your history, too. It doesn't have to be your story, too. Other people's stories will not be your story. You're okay, baby. Bless this young family, Father. It's a new day. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, bless this precious family. Takes out a heart of stone, puts in a heart of flesh. And every past hurt comes off. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. To feel that connection. <laughs> I'm out of place. No, you're right where God would have you. Whew. Holy Spirit, feel your warmth, your comfort, your connection, Lord. In your house and with the believers. You are a daughter in the family of God. In Jesus' name. Elisha, you preach, you pray, you prophesy. It's pretty simple. Most people miss it by a million miles. Preach, pray, prophesy. It's not that hard. Ma'am, can I pray for you in a red sweater? Okay, I pray for you. I won't embarrass you. God doesn't embarrass people. Have you ever been here before? No. I'm Tyler. Toby, I like it already. And you are? Dan, nice to meet you guys. You with this young gang here? You're all family? This whole row. And are you guys with this row? Or? I know you guys have been here. I, I pray for you. Kawasaki, man. You think I'm joking? I prayed for him something about a Kawasaki a couple weeks ago. Come to find out he races motorcycles. My kind of guy. You too? What do you race? Yeah. My brother is a Yamaha guy. He's still recovering. Amen. You're in the 125 class. And what do you run? Four stroke or two stroke? You know, we'll forgive you. Amen. I'm teasing. I'm having a little bit of fun. Hallelujah. Can I pray for you? I asked you that already. You mind? I'm just going to take this chair because the anointing is getting heavy on me. And I don't want to wipe myself out. <laughs> Can I take your hand? Is that all right? The whole time I was preaching, I could see you were receiving what I was saying. See, the Bible tells the eyes are like this, like a window to the soul. By the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I can see things. I, I am no special person whatsoever, but God knows everything. And when I was preaching, I could see you receiving what I was saying. The Bible says faith comes by hearing that by hearing the word of God. Hallelujah. So, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, <laughs> we thank you. You're the God of breakthroughs and turnarounds. Whew. Breakthroughs and turnarounds. Father, as her faith is, be it done unto her. In Jesus' mighty name. I thank you for this precious family. 
I pray, God, they'd serve you all the days of their life. That you'd bless them abundantly, God. And even in wondering how it's going to happen or where it's going to come from, God will make a way where there is no way. You know, he said, I feel the anointing. Excuse me. He said, I will cause rivers to burst forth in the desert. Even in the dry places. When I was teaching even on blessing before, I could see a relief in your spirit. God, I thank you for your word and your precious people. I pray you bless these people abundantly. Fill them with the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray when you wake up tomorrow, like everything's lifted right off. <laughs> that thing that's been weighing you down, I won't embarrass you. The Lord knows everything. Now, I've never met you before, correct? Then how would I know any of this stuff? God knows everything. I pray tonight, in fact, that angels come and touch you while you're sleeping at night. And you can wake up in the morning. It's like this lifted. It's broke. Father, I put angels on assignment right now to touch Toby tonight. The anointing to destroy every yoke, every burden. It's what you do. So I put angels on assignment to complete the work in Jesus' name. And I tell you this, the scripture says, he who began a good work in you is faithful to bring it to a day of completion. What God starts, God finishes. He's not a fly-by-night contractor. He's a good God. <laughs> Bless this family, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Bless them, Lord. Touch them, Father. Every burden to be destroyed. Every yoke to be broken. The anointing of the Holy Ghost to touch them. Touch them. Jesus' mighty name. That God will give you long life. Long life. Scripture says, with long life, He'd satisfy you and show us your salvation. I curse every bit of infirmity that's tried to come on your life. Spirit infirmity, go in Jesus' mighty name. Whew, that's the anointing. I lose the gifts of healing and the working of miracles to run right through your body. Yeah, that's the anointing. Just thank Jesus. That's Him touching you, sis. I could do nothing for you in the flesh. Every foul spirit of infirmity, I bind it and drive it out. goes into the deep, never to return, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Even the stuff you've been struggling with for a while, sis, comes out. Balance issues, that whole thing, goes in Jesus' name. You're hard of hearing, too? A little bit? No? Just the balance? In Jesus' name. Come out. Yep, that's the anointing. Yep, just receive it. Out. Just receive it, honey. Just receive it. Jesus paid for it. You don't earn healing. You don't achieve healing. You just receive healing. In 
Jesus' name. <laughs> you like that? You can feel that over there, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's the anointing. Just lift your hands. You want some of that? Father, in Jesus' mighty name, stretch a hand towards my friend. I have no care in the world what anybody thinks of me, in case you're wondering. Are you grandma? Grandma? To, to grandson. I pray the anointing of the Holy Ghost comes right, <laughs> right on down the line. <laughs> Just receive it, son. Just receive it. Just, who cares what everybody thinks? Just receive it. A new strength to come into your body. A new anointing. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. You might not feel that, but that whole row did. I went to pray for that lady and her chair almost went over. Amen. <laughs> Aren't you worried people think you're crazy? I could care less. The world's crazy. <laughs> this is the stuff that makes the difference. This is the stuff. You drive and make an effort to get to church. You don't get that on the live stream. Power of God hit you in the seat. Hallelujah. It's the opposite of everything they teach you in Bible college when they're a bunch of fools. It's true. Teach you on church growth and do a quick service and pat people on the back and send them out the door. And meanwhile, they'll let people die. You know why it's important to be in a good church? Otherwise, you'll die. You ought to be thankful to God you're in a church that believes in the healing power of God. In the moving of the Holy Ghost, that'll teach you to be blessed. Yes. Other people let you go to hell because they're afraid of you. <laughs> right, Grandma? <laughs> I like you. If Grandma can make an effort to get to church on Sunday night, everybody can. Can I pray for you? Is that all right? Something to do with that whole uh, New Age nonsense. I don't know if you were involved with that before. Yeah, it's okay. It's no embarrassment. I just feel it in my spirit. Now, you never told me that, right? No, I'm not lying. <laughs> There's been some lingering effects on you guys. And what it's come from is the curse of that nonsense. Grant, come here a second if you would. If you don't mind, be a microphone stand. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. I'll take you by the hand too. That stuff, hear me, will bring spirits of infirmity on our bodies and stuff into our house. If you have any of that crap left, get rid of it. 
I just tell you what I feel by the Spirit. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I curse every foul attack of the enemy that's put on their lives. Every spirit of infirmity comes out. I cleanse their home by the power of the Holy Ghost. Foul New Age devil, go to hell where you belong. I loose the Spirit of God, the cleansing Spirit, the purifying fire from the top of their head to the soles of their to the soles of their feet. Every foul attack of the enemy, every foul spirit, I drive it out. Anything from a Ouija board to New Age and everything in between, I curse it. Foul lying devil, go to hell. And I loose the anointing of the Holy Ghost to heal your bodies and cleanse your home. Jesus. Be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. You feel that? Yeah, that's the anointing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There's nothing to be ashamed of. It's a lying devil trying to get in your home. <laughs> I promise I'm almost done. Like I said, if you need to go, you can go. But I know what God's doing in this moment. Where would you want to go anyway? Don't worry, sheets is open 24 hours. Amen. <laughs> Terry, the Bible says there was a man named Nehemiah that God called to rebuild the wall. But he said somebody must stand in the gap. Your mom and your dad are with Jesus. Thank to be to God for that. Amen. I loved your mother and your dad. They were always so kind to me. And they're from Montdale. Bonus. Terry, lift your hands if you would. Whew. Stretch a hand towards my friend Terry. The Lord has given her tremendous influence in the area of financial institutions, things of that nature. Terry, don't quit. You know exactly what I'm talking about. The Lord's brought you through some things. The Lord has brought you out of some things. Don't quit. You're standing in the gap for the family. See, mom and dad's faith was holding some things up in a good way. Now it's on your faith. The Bible says it like this in Job. It says your household will be saved through the cleanliness of your hands. You know, I, I pray for your family. I love your kids dearly. I believe by faith, and I partner my faith with yours, that as you stand in the gap, you will see the salvation of your household. In Jesus' name. <laughs> and while I'm at it, even things getting crazy in the economic system, stocks being all that mess and whatever, I pray for supernatural favor on your life, which God has done before for you. Just promotion after promotion. It's going to get better, says the Lord. I pray the blessing of Almighty God. Proverbs 3, favor with God and favor with man. I pray deals would come into your hands. You'd be blessed. You left the place you're in for a better place. Now I pray God gives you favor in that new area. It's funny. It's like you come back. <laughs> Did you work for a community before? That's what I felt in my spirit. You've come back. It's like you went out for a season, sometimes the Lord will do that, and he'll build us 
and elevate us in a place and then bring us back, hallelujah, and give you a favor you wouldn't have had if you'd been there before. In Jesus' name, better and better and better. In Jesus' name, everybody say better, better, and better. And better and better and better in Jesus' name. Now everybody lift your hands if you would. I'm seriously trying to quit. I'd apologize, but I, I'm not sorry. Because the anointing can do what God can do. And the anointing will do more for you than any 45-minute cheap, limp-wristed service could ever do for you. Believe me, I've learned systems from the best of them. Systems have their place. It's just not here. Amen. What we need is the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I said the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Waves of favor. Waves of favor. <laughs> I told Grant this the other day. Take his hand. I told Grant this the other day because I felt it. I, th I might have even told you this. I don't even know. I'm like so caught up in it right now. The same way your faith got you the vehicle you wanted. Faith is like building brick by brick by brick and stone by stone by stone. And that whole housing thing and all that, that oh, this fell through and this doesn't look like it's going to work. It's because God has something better. It's always better. He's given you a wonderful family here. Really. But I'll tell you this, and I don't know if I told you this or not before. The same way he gave you faith for the Bronco, right? She got a cool Bronco. <laughs> Jesus, do it. He's going to give you favor. I can put angels on assignment even now for the right home. Whatever it is you desire. And you know what you want already. And you didn't even tell me that. But here's what I know is <laughs> when you get descriptive with your prayer life, you get descriptive answers from God. My granddad taught me a long time ago. I was believing for cameras. He said, what kind of cameras? <laughs> Hello. Dr. Paul Young E. Cho wrote a book years ago called The Fourth Dimension. It's a great book. You ought to get into that. Any of the rest of y'all, too, are listening to that? Fourth Dimension by Dr. Paul Young E. Cho. I gave it to Luke years ago, wherever he's at. Right? Praying specific prayers. God will do it. I hear me. God will do it. Well, I don't think you ought to give people a Bronco. She did. It's beautiful. God gave him a truck for a dollar. I want some of that anointing. Amen. The Bible tells us in Psalms, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, rather, the Lord will give you houses to live in that you didn't build. He'll give you lands to possess. Don't ever forget, I am the Lord your God who did it for you. Now, Deuteronomy 8.18, and most people can't handle this. For I am the Lord your God who's given you the power to create and receive wealth that I might establish my covenant with you in the earth today. I believe by faith 
the Lord will do it for you because you'll give him the glory for it. He'll, you'll give him the glory for it. The same way you're praising God for the Bronco, you'll praise him for the homestead too. In Jesus' name. And it will never be a burden. It'll be a blessing. In Jesus' name. Somebody give God some praise. Amen. trying to quit. I know some of y'all got to go. Every hand lifted, I'm just going to pray a blessing. Man, I feel that strong. How about you? You feel that in here? That's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to do a blanket thing here because God can meet you specifically. I said God will meet you specifically. done it for me time and time again time and time again he's going to do it for you now in Jesus name father because I feel this in Jesus mighty name I command the heavens to be wide open over your people in fact God the same way I pray for this church and the people in this church on the regular I pray for divine doors of favor to come open for those of you believing for a home I believe God will open up a door for you to receive a home. For those of you that think you can't get financing, I'll believe for financing for you. For those of you that want a better job, I call in better jobs and promotions. I call in dreams, inventions, business, and ideas. Father, I speak supernatural favor over your house. Do I say it? I'll leave you with one story to charge your faith. I don't think I've ever said this publicly, and I don't know if I should, but I'm going to. We were getting ready to get married. We were working, trying to save money. Ever been there? I felt the Lord divinely speak to me. I was walking behind the church praying in the Holy Ghost. I don't think I ever told anybody this, especially publicly. If we're not streaming anymore, it's okay with me. Amen. I felt the Lord speak to me to give another preacher a significant amount of money. Don't worry, very to be offered. So I said, Lord, I'm going to call Carolyn. Carolyn was in Montreal. That's where she's from. And I was here. And I called her, <clears throat> and I said, Carolyn, if you say no, it'll be no. But if you say yes, I want you to know. I know we've got a wedding coming up in a couple weeks. But God told me to give the money away. I get married on a shoestring but what do you think she said I'd be mad if you didn't do it I knew right then and there I was in there with the right person I still had time to run but I didn't amen so we gave the money away not knowing where we're going to live how we're going to do this stuff that preacher called me on the phone I'm sitting in H&R Block the next morning and prophesied to me on the phone he said, the Lord says, you're believing for a home. The Lord's going to give you a home. The Lord's going to do this, do this, do this. I thought, whoo, baby, I feel the anointing in H&R Block. Hear me, young people. Your faith can do what God can do. 
I received it by faith. Two days later, we get a call to meet with this, these people. We go up to meet with them. I think, well, I <laughs> they said, you know, God spoke to us. I thought, oh boy. They said, that home, your great-granddad used to own, it's yours. Now watch this. The day before that, Carolyn up in Montreal gets a call from somebody. I don't remember what the dollar figure was to you. No, it's not important. It was a lot to us. I don't know if it was five, ten, fifteen thousand, whatever it was. And said, the Lord spoke to me to give you money to fix up the house you're getting. See, I've never said publicly, and people are already, Ooh. watch this. I'll show you how God will work. There was a, Ron, Melinda, you remember that little place we were living in, right? <laughs> but he used to have small groups there and do all the stuff. He said, you want cash or check? Carolyn called me. I said, we'll take it any way it'll come. Amen. <laughs> Tell them we'll take their first blood, too. No, I'm teasing. I'll show you how God will work, young people, how God will work when you're obedient to him. We gave the money away. Weren't sure how we were going to do it. Somebody calls her money to fix up the house. Didn't have a house, but we'll take the money. Amen. What's funny is we were looking at an apartment over here in Honesdale at the time because the cost of living was cheaper over here than where we were. <laughs> So I thought, well, maybe God will do that. Long story short, these people meet with us. They put a home in our hands. Debt-free at whatever we were in our early 20s. Well, the home needs some work. Well, now we got money to fix up the home. We get married a couple weeks later, have a beautiful wedding, a big old reception where everybody and their cousin was at, Amen. Because her family's from Italy, and we know the, how the drill goes. And God blessed us. I'm just going to say it. People get upset at this. We were faithful. You remember, you've been in that home many times, a little ranch house. We were faithful to God, giving to God, believing God, gave away half of everything. I mean, just craziness stuff. Just following the leading of the Holy Ghost. We wanted to start a family. You, you guys know the story. Didn't look like it was going to happen. We wanted to get a different home, bigger home, be able to have family do that. We found this home that was on a 24-hour auction by mistake. So I called the thing and said, put a bid in. I didn't even have the money. <laughs> and it was cash only. I'm like, oh, Jesus. I just felt my spirit was my home. I'm telling you this to charge your faith. You get mad, it is what it is. We win the house. Now I got to come up with money. But I knew God spoke to me. I said, I knew God spoke to me. I know it's late, but just get this. <laughs> so then they come back and say, we want 50000 more for the house. On money I already didn't have. I said, you're nuts. House went back to auction. We bought it a second time. You all remember this. Like nobody but nobody knows this stuff. Like people in my family don't even know this stuff. We win the house a second time. I'm praying, believing God. I'm working, doing all I can do. 
In the same time we're in the other place, God speaks to me, give that house. See, I don't tell people this stuff because they think you're bragging. I'm telling you what you can do through the strength of God. So we give the house back. Tell them, look, we, we were just on borrowed time. This is your place. It's all fixed up, renovated for you. Do whatever you want to do with it. We get ready to move with money we don't have. God speaks to somebody by the Spirit. They come to me. I wasn't preaching, doing all this stuff. Just somebody God spoke to divinely in a dream. They give me a check for $75,000. I was shouting too. Now we got, yeah, some of y'all. Every seed demands a harvest. If this is the last message I ever preach, I want people to know God's a good God and your faith can do what God will do. Just believe him for it. So I told the man, I said, I'm going to give you the 75 grand back. Don't know how, but I'm going to do it. Close on the house, fix the house up, beautiful home, whatever. I go down to the bank, borrow money from the house. Paul, I go there. I go to his bank, unbeknownst to him. Put 75 grand in this account. And he had a little note on something else, and I paid that off too. And all the bank ladies, you could do it for my house too. You do it for my thing. And God made a way where there was no way. I can't believe I just told that publicly because I've never told anybody that. But here's what I feel in my spirit. I don't know why. I feel like for people in this room, not only them, people that are believing for properties, for homes, for whatever it might be, that God is trying to release something to his children. I never thought I'd been able to give a house, but we did. Never told anybody that. God will call you to do things you thought you could never do. Every hand lifted to heaven. Father, in Jesus' mighty name. In the same way you did it for us, God, you don't love us more than anybody else. I release the anointing of the Holy Ghost through this place. And I'll go ahead and say it. I believe this house was put here to be a beacon of prosperity in this town. A beacon of blessing in this town. For people believing to sell homes, in Jesus' mighty name, I put angels on assignment to stir people up to buy those homes for me. People believing to advance, I call an advancement in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I did what you said. I just told something I never thought I'd ever tell publicly because people get twisted up. I did my part. Now you do yours. In Jesus' mighty name, I release it through the gift of faith. Through the gift of faith. Say this with me. Say, Father, I declare by the gift of faith, I will taste and see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Say, Father, show me how to be debt free, to operate in your principles, and experience the goodness of God. And I'll give you the glory for every bit of it. In Jesus' mighty name.
Amen. Somebody give God a mighty hand of praise. All right, listen. I know I was done preaching an hour ago, but I don't apologize for this last hour. I pray you have the best week of your lives. I love you. More importantly, God loves you. And I hope to see you all next Sunday night. Amen? Come on, lead us out with something. Praise and worship. Be blessed. Amen?